Later on BBC Two, we... I'm so sorry, I thought I had time to eat and digest a fish pie during casualty, but um, <laughs> clearly not. My apologies. It's comedy time now on BBC Two, and uh, uh, time for Jake Yap on Basic Pitches. In childbirth, some a few brave women have said, do you know what, actually, playing with my clitoris a bit really helped the pain. And so now it's all like epidural this and blah 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 But actually, you should use your clitoris. It will help the pain. In a world where comedians pitch fake movie ideas, this is Basic Pitches. I've also counted that you're the only celebrity acceptable face of veganism to me as well, which I find... Bless you. That's that's a very... Well, I've always maintained that you, you shouldn't actually be allowed to openly declare your veganism um, unless it's been sort of ratified you have to be like approved as an ambassador you know by like a committee of like, me like like before because... you get membership at soho house you have to do you know what I mean? you have to be like it has to go through a stringent by... <laughs> yeah because most of us are just terrible ambassadors and you know and i suck you know i'm a i'm a i'm a i mean there's no such thing as a really great vegan ambassador because we're all just we just get all upset and hot and angry and and then the voice goes up and you can hear the and you don't even know because it's actually really and everyone's like please let me just eat my burger please i've seen footage and it's horrible yeah you know we're just awful like that have you done have you done a sort of jake yap on veganism pitch to any tv companies producers or anything have you done a sort of no i haven't actually uh i mean there's no not not exact no i haven't i did i did a live show called eat like a vegan elvis because i wanted to prove <laughs> that you could you know because everyone kind of goes I, what i don't understand is all these am i allowed to swear <laughs> yeah yeah of course all these fucks man who go like oh i went vegan and i lost a stone and a half i'm like how how did you fuck? <laughs> because you know chips vegan crisps <laughs> vegan like it's all vegan yeah and i don't understand how you lose like unless you're just eating like i don't know kiwi fruit or something. like so i and i realized that a lot of elvis's favorite foods were basically vegan like his his favorite uh indulgence was a fried peanut butter and banana sandwich yeah. vegan it's a good Brilliant. sandwich so you know you too can die wanking on the loo uh like like elvis fortunately for me because you know i was quite overweight as a child so i've known shame about my body my whole life so you know i've never i'm never oh. going to get that self-deluded where i think no everybody needs to see this well i haven't I, you've got a great bod body i've never seen it but <laughs> uh, so so have you it's lovely <laughs> where are we going then what are we do are you taking know. me i need to do an intro oh, okay. i'm sorry <clears throat> i need to do an intro He's hosted Raw's The Now Show, uh, his own podcast called The Old Sex Podcast, which if you like, um, if you like funny people reading, uh, you know, um, unironic but h- yeah. hilarious pornographic uh, erotica, then you should yeah. check it That's out. That's a fresh format idea, that. Uh, I well, don't know I, where well, I came I, up with that concept. <laughs> I did wonder. But uh, yeah. I guess he's best known for his hilarious, uh, uh, t- t- um, what, short deconstructions, summaries of terrible TV, uh, like BBC's Question Time, or Sunday Brunch, or Strictly Come Dancing. Uh, I think his Alison Hammond <laughs> this morning is a personal favourite. And you would have seen those probably on Charlie Brooker's <laughs> Weekly Wipe. Today's Basic Pitches guest is the wonderful, the brilliant, the hilarious, a personal hero of mine, Jake Yap. Oh, bless you. So there we go. Crikey. Um, 
Well, thank you very and much. Bye. I still want to quit while I'm ahead. And like. a lot of the uh, a lot of the silly spoof commercials that I have recorded for this podcast uh, have been mainly inspired by your writing. So they're kind of cheap Aww. imitations, really. Yeah, well, that's that's very lovely of you. I mean, the thing I think the the thing to remember is that uh, I feel with those those things where I sort of take a TV show or whatever and try to distill it into two minutes. You know, I enjoy doing it, but it it feels a bit parasitic in as much as you know i'm feeding off someone else's ideas ultimately you know what i mean someone had to come up with a format for a tv show from scratch and then make it and then i come along and just kind of go oh yeah it's that which you know doesn't feel all that great sometimes oh. it's really hard if it's a show i love i mean so originally i did radio four in four minutes i did a, a day in the life of radio four <laughs> it still get, the, it still gets me though man <laughs> welcome to in our time the program that just starts the byzantines invented smelting and trigonometry and i'm joined in the studio by three people who have never had sex with another person and therefore find it all fascinating the reason for doing it um it, it, it wasn't really my idea I, I, peter sellers did it he did the home service in 10 minutes or something as a kind of stand-up routine my dad saw him i think somewhere like like worthing in the bandstand mm. like we must be talking about the 50s um and i thought it was brilliant and i remembered my dad having told me about that and i thought i'm going to do that with radio 4. um so it's the same idea and i did it very much as a kind of cri de curb like my career was absolutely in the doldrums I can't imagine what that's like now. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but uh, it turned out it was it was the day before uh, my son was born. And uh, I just thought, well, you know, I, I'm going to have to get a job in an office. Like all of these stupid pipe dreams of fame and fortune and, and all the rest of it, I have to let them go. And so it was really an absolute adieu and, and screw you to... Uh, Radio 4, who I sort of had a go at getting things away. I'd written countless treatments and pictures and done pilots and nothing had ever happened. Mm. Um, but uh, so I made that as a kind of like, well, I'm never going to be in your club, am I? And it turned uh -huh. out Radio 4 is just a massive gimp and loved it. And oh. um, I owe Danny Wallace, who kind of effected some introductions there. But um, it was all kind of it came from that. I got I got onto Charlie Brooker's Weekly Wipe because of that piece. It didn't, you know, it didn't go viral exactly on YouTube, but um, to use a phrase of Dilly Keen's, it went, it definitely went fungal. <laughs> so, yeah. I haven't heard that. That's, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, it's fungal. In fact, a lot of your stuff, maybe we should forget. We, we're, we're looking at the wrong thing. It doesn't really matter whether you get a million. It doesn't matter whether your Radio 4 parody got a million views or not. You, Anyone who's seen it, can't stop pissing themselves laughing that's a better that's a better barometer isn't it i think that's very true although it makes it much harder to buy my child new footwear but um it, i mean yes you're absolutely right and uh, one of the things that i do now is i do i do two daily podcasts uh, i do one called date fight which is ostensibly about sort of events in history uh with nat tapley and lizzie roper and that's a lot of fun but i do i do another one called not today thank you which is sort of designed as a kind of antidote to the Today programme, um, although it's, it sort of meanders about. It's kind of whatever's drifting across my consciousness from Monday to Friday mornings. Um, and that podcast, it's the same thing. It's got a, a fairly small but amazingly loyal and supportive audience who are kind of incredibly... Um, 
uh, active participants and uh, it's become this fantastic community and I, I increasingly am kind of realizing that um, you know much as I, I love working in broadcast and you know I'm very much available but um, th there is something really joyful about making something yourself and reaching out and connecting with other people and, and having them respond in a kind of really direct way is there any um, when it works is there any mainstream broadcast gig uh you wouldn't do nope lb's lbc called you but they went but you've got to be nigel farage's like sidekick and you think well oh, i'll wow. get you think like i would get text. a lot of i'm gonna make you know the way that pierce morgan gets all his gmb stories into the daily express and it becomes this self-feeding uh it's a very clever thing that your your google alerts are made up of stupid moments from yeah. good, like morning telly and you click on it and it's a load of bollocks what what is the what is the seo that like the optimization machine that places stories about this morning and piers morgan above like know, anything else mad. could happen like all of africa could be set on fire or something but i'm gonna get you won't believe what holly willoughby says when she tries yeah like it's like what the hell yeah very quickly to go back to jake yap's hilarious uh to the on you know, timed summaries of TV is that it's not just that you're I don't want people to think if they haven't seen them that it's Jake shitting on stuff it's not it's picking out why these shows are funny and they don't know why they're funny and mm. you do that you, there isn't anyone else that could do that so I still want you to be proud of them oh. I'd hate for you to think that they were kind of I don't know a sort of thank you, you. I think it's it, it's a um I think if you're doing it right a, it should feel like you're kind of uh, teasing a family member who you love really, yeah. you know, but they drive you up the wall like family members can, you know, and that was very much it was Radio 4. It was like, well, here I am saying all these things that infuriate me about Radio 4, but I listen to it every day like yeah. I love it. Yeah. You know, I can't pretend I don't. Um, so I think those are always kind of the best ones. You know, I love you. I hate you. I hate you. I love you. Um, but it's also about kind of the best ones are if you locate as you say it's kind of like you know when you suddenly realize your elbow is leaning on a hot stove and you kind of go how long's that been happening because you didn't feel it at first and then suddenly it finally permeates your brain of pain there is pain here and you kind of go oh 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 and it was like that i think with um tim lovejoy on um sunday brunch you know where <laughs> like all of us would watch you know we'd all watch every yeah. sunday because there's nothing else on and then <clears throat> but and then you know suddenly just sitting at home with kim my partner and kind of going this guy yeah is yeah. hopeless like he's just oh just that kind of oh no big deal <laughs> look at me leaning on the set owning the space i'm gonna uh, at this stage i'm gonna if you don't mind i'll splice in in the edit yeah because it's so perfect you're this is amazing i'm gonna play i it doesn't do it justice just playing 20 seconds of it but your um your ability to uh spoof the uh the format of a christmas song so oh bless you which you oh did yeah for, that was... you did which i saw in the background because i never heard it but it was obviously recorded was it recorded for radio 4 as a special it was yeah it was on the now show it was their, uh, their christmas show now generic christmas sentiments sung loudly and tunelessly the worst part is about to start it's the easy bit where everyone is drunk to take part when 
I when I was actually sort of doing the the circuit, which I never really did, but I used to do sort of gamely go and do bits of stand up in London. Um, it was a there was a horrible sort of atmosphere of, you know, you sort of go to backstage, i.e. the back row in the room above the pub. And, um, you know, everyone would, they wouldn't say this, but the, the sort of look on their face was kind of like, hi, hope you fail, you know, and mm. it, it was really, and I think that's massively changed with, with the new generation of comedians who've come in. They're much more kind of supportive and celebrating of each other's success. And it's, it's really lovely to see. A bit more collegiate, a bit more. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. yeah. A bit nicer. Uh, I would just come off. I would. I would do my bit after that guy. But I would go. Fuck this. This is. There is no. There is with my. I've got five minutes, and I'm getting a few. I'm getting most of the laughs are coming from the from the landlord that that set up the night, that just wants yeah. people to come back. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. There's a, the, the, I, it, what I'm saying is I'm in full respect to anybody that can be on a bill. I just think that's just like how you don't question your own existence and life choices when you're on a bill of five or six really talented people i don't get it but. i i don't think there's a single one of them that doesn't but um i mean it was just never my medium I, I you know and i i'd love to find it one day i'd love to actually kind of build a stage show that, that a live show that that i felt really worked um but uh, i i've always loved broadcast it's always been the thing i wanted to do like like recorded audio really or live audio but um if you play a uh a 25 seat venue it's it's going to be tough you can do it and you can have a great gig but it's not easy because you got to get a lot of people like percentage wise you need about 100 percent of the audience laughing for it to sound remotely good to the audience as a sort of shared experience if you're playing a 10,000 seat space you've only got to get you know 10% laughing because a thousand people laughing it's going to sound really amazing and it becomes infectious and people will laugh because other people are laughing they they really do um so uh, in a way I think it's easier to <laughs> hear me saying that and Michael McIntyre sweats bullets over his stuff but um I do I do think there's a sort of you get to a point where people have an expectation they're not sitting there with their arms folded they've given you 75 quid to watch your show so they they want it to be funny you know yeah yeah i guess it's the same you're pr it's like um best man speeches you know you do occasionally get a good one but i think um you, you, you've got people so desperately willing for you to not die on your ass um yes. and I, I think it's one of the great humanitarian cruelties to put a, a bloke or a woman as a maid of honor up up on a stand up in front of 80 people and yeah. be funny i think there's such an a, an unfair and slightly harsh expectation on uh on any well, man, any, any I, I think your, yeah. I think your standard wedding is a contravention of human rights. Anyway, I mean, <laughs> for like yeah. twelve, fifteen hours, you have absolutely no say over where you go, what you do, what you eat. There is something weirdly final about a wedding. You know, it is a kind of finality thing. You know, till death do us part. What you're basically saying is, no more surprises no no sudden happenstances for the rest of your life now that's it that box is shut yeah so yeah i love making audio it's just my yeah. favorite thing was there who 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 uh who shaped that side of your personality when you were younger um well it's all a bit of a cliche but i did the the goon show when i was growing up 
I, I just thought was amazing. I loved the the madness of it and uh, the kind of wild characters and the, and the sort of insane logic of it. Um, it was and and also as I realised as I got older, the really vicious satire of it. You know the the, the way uh, he wrote about politicians. You know this was in the fifties, and it you know it still feels really fresh. Some of it and really funny. I mean some of it's just sort of mad gibberish and a lot of prattling about. But God, there are moments that really pull you up. Um, so I, I, th I always thought that was amazing and round the horn to an extent too. I think Kenneth Williams is brilliant. Uh, I know that, uh, Tony Hancock had very scant regard for Kenneth Williams. So, uh, Tony Hancock built Hancock's half hour and, um, Kenneth Williams was in that and Hancock sort of hated him. Um, really, it was because Kenneth Williams was funnier. Mm. But the way Tony Hancock sort of said it was, just, oh, anyone can play to the gods. Anyone can, you know, milk a laugh. Yeah, I I'm trying to do something, you know, really groundbreaking here. It's like, yeah, I mean, groundbreaking's good, but proper belly laughs are always going to win. Yeah. So, um, that that was kind of the the stuff for me, really. But also, you know, the the Muppets and Spike uh, Jones and albums, you know, because I lived in the my childhood was pre video. So, you know, I had the Muppets album and I used to listen to that obsessively. And um, what, Spike um, Jones, what about Tom stuff. Lehrer? Did you ever? Oh, God. Yeah. Tom Lehrer. Uh, fascinating. Aida. Dilly Keen is an absolute hero. And um, I think um, Tom Lehrer is a, a really good example of someone who knew how to craft a comic song um and if you haven't heard any tom lehrer you're very lucky because you get to hear it for the first time um poisoning pigeons in the park was his most famous one all the world seems in tune on a spring afternoon when we're poisoning pigeons in the park <laughs> every sunday you'll see my sweetheart and me as we poison the pigeons in the park you look at the construction of it and and it's that same like the way he leaves the gaps for the laughs which definitely land every time um they're just they're just perfect comic songs i think i think a lot of people most people will quite obligingly laugh at almost anything you know if you if you get them all into a big tv studio and it's all very exciting and there's someone famous there and there's lights and cameras and there's that kind of whoa expectation and it's all rather thrilling they'll probably laugh because they're just predisposed to, you know, everything, all the signaling they've had is saying, this is, this is going to make you laugh. Um, and so they do. But I also think that when you put something that's really good in front of them, they'll respond to that uh, too. And I think that they'll respond to it more. And I think that like, for me, I think Harry Hill's TV burp, generally the threshold the standard of that was so high mm. like it was so good and i was going to ask if you wrote on that because it there, there no are, i didn't the, the venn diagram of cro you know the the, the circle of yeah. cr the crossover between your work and i mean that was a bit dafter i mean not dafter yeah. yours is daft too but it was um I no mean, no it was dafter but it, i i i thought it was fantastically good and the caliber was was just brilliant and that was the point was that it was the same audience that would sort of chuckle away at i don't know i don't want to say anything but you know it's kind of comedy that's not for me um but they were laughing at that and so was i and you kind of think well 
yeah just because just because people will eat shit yeah it doesn't mean you should give them shit (laughs) (laughs) no that's true that's true if you like basic pictures hopefully you'll like me cool sounding northern guy from our show on music seven the radio station that pumps out trendy liberal white people music like nick cave tom york something french recorded in a nunnery probably nick cave again and rufus wainwright You'll never actually meet anyone in real life who admits to liking Rufus Wainwright, but we'll bang on about him anyway. We'll give guest shows to former indie rockers or retired cult actors who now live on dairy farms or in disused textile factories, somewhere cool and working class, like Wales or Mitcham. Shows will have meaningless, opaque, but rather cool-sounding titles like Foreign Objects or Disco Alfresco, fronted by someone like PJ Harvey. Our sensitive audience who believe in wider change but fall into massive moral elephant traps of their own making can brag about listening to the show down the pub while rolling a cigarette or during a break in the redecoration of their Bethnal Green living room which they've done without their landlord's permission. So join me, cool husky northern guy for my show, but listen out for a full schedule coming soon, including Breakfast with Ronnie Wood, pre-recorded, Tori Amos's Tea Time Disco, Paul Heaton's Rubber Ducky, we're still ironing out the format for that one. Salman Rushdie sings the blues, and we're so excited to announce our latest signing, Giles Peterson, presenting Spirits, where Giles has musical recordings from actual real ghosts. That's Music 7 on Music 7, tonight from 7. All right, well, um, the brilliant, hilarious, and uh, enviably clever Jake Yap is with me on Basic Pitches on this balmy summer's night. Oh, where people are out playing tennis, probably drinking uh, drinking gin in their gardens, and, uh, and mm. I'm I'm hunkered, not over a duvet, but I have a little duvet cover that keeps some of the sound in. That's good. Uh, but I but I'm 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 happy to sweat for yap. <laughs> <laughs> Dear God. So good. Uh, so that's, that's good. And he's here with basic pictures now. Uh, Jake's about to. Um, Jake's here to uh, tell us about a film that I th- that he thinks is any good or just playing for laughs. Who cares? But uh, you actually uh, very quickly. This is about pitches. You did uh, pitch a gardening show to BBC Three. This is also yes, online. I did. I've done a real. I'm, I really have. God, this how did you know that? That's amazing. Yeah, I was really interested. So I, at the time, there were in vogue. There were a lot of shows about uh, going green. There was a show called How Green Is Your Garden, and it was Dick uh, Big Mustache. Dick, uh, I can't remember. Anyway, you know the one who had his escape to the sh- escape to the chateau. That one. Um, <laughs> who, but you know, before that, in his first life with his first wife and his first batch of kids, uh, he was monetizing them uh, for a show called How Green Is Your Garden. And it was all about, you know, just making a difference, just to choose things that are a bit more green. And um, it's it's a pretty easy, um, it's pretty easy. You can, you too could uh, really, really reduce your environmental impact. Step one, buy an 800,000 pound Devonshire farmhouse. <laughs> After that, the other steps are really easy, but... Um, and I thought, well, I can't do that. Most people can't do that. I live in a one-bedroom... No, two, I was lucky enough to live in a two-bedroom flat uh, at the time in southeast London. Um, and I thought, well, all right, well, what could I do then? What could you, what could you actually do if you lived in a, a one-bedroom flat? How green can you go? And so I had this idea of, can you grow all the food you need inside a one-bedroom flat? 
Like if you've got no access to a garden, no rooftop garden, you know, just the smallest outside space. People don't have any outside space. So I thought, well, can you do it? And I did a ton of research and you'd sort of unfurl it over the series where you'd be looking at, okay, well, what, you know, what's the weight of the soil? Am I going to crash through into the flat underneath me with the weight of it? Can I keep chickens in a flat? Like, is that legal? Like, what? how far can you go with this? And... um I realized that you, I think you could just, just do it. You could grow all the food you needed inside a one bed flat. Uh, I think you'd have to do it with hydroponics because they're really efficient in terms of plant mm. success and space and stuff. Um, but it would be a really interesting thing. Um, and so I took it, <laughs> I took it to, uh, to BBC three and uh i said here here's my idea i can't remember who set up the meeting somebody did because i didn't i'm hopeless at sort of selling myself um and i said here's my idea and he said okay well that's really interesting let's um you know i, I think we could work this up into something guys can we have a quick huddle so we you know sort of had a thing and we sat i sat there with these and you know i was 32 at the time which now seems very young but mm. these people were even younger by some margin and we're sort of saying oh i think like food miles like maybe there should be like a challenge element and stuff and it was when someone said i think there should be like a dating element to it and everyone went yeah dating yeah great i realized that this idea was dead yeah um and didn't really exist in any meaningful way anymore yeah and that was it yeah so yeah i've formats are tricky things well i i used to work at itn and they they had a they, they've got you know multiple development teams and it it was yes it's always quite i mean i never got past the uh you know they'd say it wouldn't last an hour they'd say and that would be the end of the inter that would be the end of the chat oh wow which and I, they can just say that that's the point they don't have to justify why why wouldn't it last yeah. an hour? why yeah oh, i just wouldn't mate just trust me but anyway okay so basic pitches uh, i can't think of anyone who's more kind of who's got more of a sort of foundation of knowledge from being in the industry being a comedian and being a great writer than mr yap so here we go what what is it what in an ideal world what would we make i i i honestly i don't know well what i mean by that is i sort of had that thing of going thon and i i, re I regularly kind of think that would be a great film or that would be a great tv show i can't be bothered myself but that would be brilliant <laughs> i want someone to make that and then I sort of forget what it is. And so I went back through um, my Google Drive. And frankly, if you're not using that now, what's wrong with you? Because come on. Uh, and I just typed in the word idea. And I had a look at like old documents that were like idea for a thing or whatever. And um, found various things. I had an idea about um, uh, a sitcom about a sort of a sketch troupe. Uh, like doing live s sketch stuff, which I still think is quite a good idea, although post-COVID might not necessarily fly. Um, mm. And I found uh, some 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 weird things that were just weren't anything at all, like uh, fridge mouse. I don't know what that was. Um, <laughs> it's literally like, fridge mouse. And then it, in my notes it says kids TV show like raggy dolls. Right. Uh, yeah. And then it says, man opens fridge. In it, there's a Mancunian telling you to fuck off and mooning. <laughs> or he's on his phone and he turns around and says, some pedo's looking at me. 
And that was the whole idea. Wow. That wouldn't last an hour, Jake. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. <laughs> it really, really, really wouldn't. So, but I found this, which I'd completely forgotten about, and I quite like. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch this, uh, which is an idea for a, a TV series, like a drama, comedy drama, or, or maybe a film. Uh, and uh, it's, I've, I've given it a title. I it didn't have a title at the time. I'm going to call it Fanny's from Mars. Right. Okay. Um, but that's Fanny apostrophe S, like as in Fanny is from Mars. It's not a plural Fanny's. Okay. So here's the concept. Here's the concept, right? Um, maybe uh, okay, there's an alien planet somewhere, right? Yes. And they're all about uh, sort of philanthropy and conservation and they sort of monitor the universe and the easiest thing for them to detect is like a nuclear reaction right that's generally a good first sign for them that you know something's up on a planet they'll get whatever the x-rays are finally arriving right so um from the 40s on earth they detect the nuclear explosions right uh and then they uh they think okay well you know we'll have a look and so they start monitoring the earth but uh all of the data they've got has taken like 50 years to get to them to uh digest and kind of see what what's going on on this planet so all so now here now uh all of the aliens reference points culturally come from the 1970s in terms of how they understand the earth right so um they study like the output of things like uh bbc television and stuff like that and so they then decide to send the, and, and they build like they can disguise themselves these aliens as humans and basically you're following one kind of one alien who looks and sounds exactly like fanny craddock right <laughs> Do you know the TV chef well, Fanny Craddock? I'm, I'm, I mean, by name only, really. I was going to pretend, okay. I could pretend, but you know what? I can't really. But the names. That's make brilliant sense. because now I can tell you about Fanny Craddock. Okay. She was this staggering woman who uh, was uh, one of the first TV chefs. And she, she had a very, very brisk manner. And, and, and all the time she had an assistant who she'd sort of say, Oh, look, she's shaking, look. And you <laughs> thought, I bet, I bet she fucking is. Like, you're terrifying. And. She would sort of, she would say things like, she was one of those women who believed that a man should definitely like beat his wife at least once a week, just just to put them in there. You know what I mean? So conservative mm. to the point of hating women because society did then, and um, and she would make the most revolting recipes. I mean, uh God, what, what, I mean, I mean, literally recipes for stuffed uh, boar's head. Right. Uh, everything was always in aspic because it was the seventies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, some of the most revolting sort of Tudor recipes dishes, is it? you've ever heard. Yeah, kind of sort faux, of, sort of faux French, gasps, faux Tudor, uh... faux. Yeah, I mean, really, really disgusting. Um, so uh, I used to do a, a, a radio. Um, 
quiz called Fanny Peculiar, which where I'd read out a recipe and say, guess the missing ingredient. So there was a, <laughs> there was a thing. That's great. I think it was, I think it was tuna salad. Um, uh, have a guess. What, 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 what do you think the missing ingre- ingredient is? Uh, you've got tuna, celery, uh, and uh, vinaigrette. I well, think. in Craddock world, you know, going on what you just told me, I'd say something gross like kidney or something. That's a good guess. That's a very good guess. And yeah. kidneys were very high up the list. Mashed potato. I don't oh, know gross. how that makes it a salad. But anyway, it was yes. all just That's a mad, mad stuff. Mm. Yeah. I mean, she literally she had a recipe uh, for bee stings, which is um, the, uh, you know, the first milk, the colostrum. Uh, after any mammal gives birth, you know, cows are the same as humans. You have to make them pregnant and then they give birth and then you take their child away and you steal their milk. That's how it works. Sorry. But um, the first milk that comes out is what Celebrity gives... vegan talking. Okay. Uh, sorry, I'm so sorry. But it's the first... <laughs> and joking, athletes, athletes now are kind of drinking this stuff because it's filled with uh, all the kind of antibodies. Like it's, it's, it's intended... Literally that first feed on the first day is intended to kind of set the baby up with everything it needs and she had a recipe to make a pudding out of it oh god colostrum oh and it's like fucking hell okay she's barbaric (laughs) (laughs) anyway so um she she was just amazing she ended up playing like she she did she played the albert hall literally with two gas stoves just doing a cooking demonstration (laughs) she was huge huge shakes back in the 70s um the kind uh, of the, but, the, the Martha Stewart of her of her day, or the absolutely the, the, the Nigella of her day, was she? Absolutely, but very very strident all the time, saying, "Look at that!" Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, I thought it would be brilliant if someone thought, "Right, well, that's that's how I'll blend in," uh, and beam themselves to earth, sort of looking like that, or something. Yeah, anyone from this, it could be a Californian hippie, like any anything, just anachronistic. Suddenly in twenty twenty earth uh trying to find their way through it and and on a sort of a mission to uh maybe save or catalog a dying planet because they realized okay well they've they're wrecking this planet we know they're wrecking this planet like we knew in 1965 we were wrecking this planet all the big oil companies knew and they suppressed all that information but um so they're it's they're having to assimilate with humans to um to understand what's motivating them to cause this devastation so it's kind of funny but you know big big themes and stuff i certainly don't feel like i'm like this and maybe you're not either but it's uh it's such an amusing uh behavioral technique isn't it to oh, be yeah. so to be to be oh, curt yeah. and to be rather uh, uh horsey oh, God, it's, it's just so it's, funny and i suppose we don't really we don't get much of that these days because we live in a slightly different era but it was uh, back in the day it was uh, the the that that matrony style is just so funny and also, I think it sort of makes you a bit giddy. Uh, I, I really enjoy it when you get to be a character who who behaves in a way that, you know, would make your tooth enamel come off if you actually behave like that in real life. <laughs> I do a character occasionally um, called Bernard Rush, who, and it's coming increasingly naturally to me, this character. He's sort of uh, never quite got to the pinnacle of, of his profession. He's a journalist and always wanted to be the sort of silver-haired anchor in the warm, comfy studio. But instead, he's sort of sent out on endless, rubbishy assignments that the bitterness is really starting to take its toll. And he just doesn't give a fuck anymore. Like I say, I'm finding it increasingly easy to inhabit this role almost permanently. <laughs> but um, 
you know, there's such a joy when, uh, you know, whoever you're talking to will sort of say something like, you know, yeah, but w what about the children? And you just go, who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's so liberating yeah. to be just that foul. I and I think it is fun. You get a vicarious hit out of that. Yes, yes. Well, it's... it's uh... And you do that at six o'clock in the morning when your family's in bed. I quite like that. I, I, I do sometimes. Yeah. I like that you sort of get that out of your system. That must be amazing <laughs> for your mental well-being, and your, your <laughs> child will grow up so balanced because you've got all, you've been able to mm -hmm. exercise some of these demons. Because the rest of us um, have to go through about five or six different actual characters before we get to the real. I always feel really sorry for human beings because the interactions you have, if you just catch someone at the wrong time, you'll get a completely different person. That's um, true. You know, That's true. Uh, in a way, apart from those people who just sort of stomp about, yeah, unrelentingly being obnoxious. This uh, this is awful. Could you do another summary? But yeah, t take out the. Can you <laughs> can you see it quickly to get me back yeah. up to speed? Yeah. So, so uh, an alien sp an alien race on another planet is studying planet Earth, has realised it's dying, and they've decided to send someone to Earth in disguise as a human to find out what's going on and try to save the planet. The problem is all the references they've got are from the 70s, Amazing. which are the last transmissions that arrived. And I, I think, I think you know, that there is, there is that thing of, yeah, it's like, are, are we all just, is, is every species destined to kind of be, but you know, I sometimes wonder, do you think, you know, lions sit on the savannah going, God, I'm so fucking bored. Like, you know, do, <laughs> Is it boring? Does it all get boring for everyone? I don't yeah. know. Charlie Brooker was asked in interviews, like, oh, are you happy? He went, am I happy? Is anyone happy? And I quite like that. Yeah. I thought he was, uh, he's kind of right, I think, when you boil it down. Yeah. Uh, he's not saying he isn't, but he's questioning whether uh, any of us truly are. And I suspect. Uh, yeah. I, I used to get, we talked a lot about professional envy, but you, uh, I suspect even Tom Cruise, when he's gearing up for the next Mission Impossible film, goes, oh, fuck me, not this again honestly <laughs> here we go again <sighs> yeah everything you know and unless unless you're sort of building on what you did before that sort of ennui is always gonna kick in who's um everyone always wants more yeah they, they do um yes, yes. so who's play who is uh, our fanny craddock um or i mean if, i think if you if you're going for america i i just i think i'd choose kate mckinnon just because she she makes everything amazing that's true um on saturday night live um, but actually, I mean, someone like, I mean, um, I'd go, I'd Maureen go for Littman, someone like... Maureen Littman, or is she a little, is she not that's quite not a bad call. Yeah, I'd, I'd go for, um, uh, what's her name? Um, oh, God. Oh, I know, uh, I know. Penelope Keith. Yeah, go oh. on. Olivia Colman. <laughs> no? Yeah. Why is I that mean, she she would because no it's a good chap because god knows she needs the work she needs the work <laughs> um i mean yes if if it's gonna if it's gonna make it fly then sure we can attach livia she's great livia i love livia this is me trying to do like movie pitch talk yeah go on love get, go, get into oh, it god. get into it because I, I feel you're a bit bored anyway <laughs> so. no no not at all I, i'm slightly bored by my own idea because now i'm sort of going oh god this is gonna be a lot of work i can't be asked i think in a way we we come on to a big question which is tv or film mm. oh you want to go for and a 10 parter what, what what camp are you in oh well i don't really i can't box sets apart from the sopranos but um 
put me to sleep really maybe maybe it's an attention span yeah. thing but i See, when i hear I'm, an actor go it's a 10 hour movie i want to punch them in on the nose because i just get so frustrated you know so like, tell the story mm. shorter you can do it we you know <laughs> the best directors and writers in the world have proved you can tell a story in two hours you don't need 10 uh, i don't get anything from 10 hours a lot of those 10 hour shows on netflix and amazon prime the, the, those middle episodes just mm. they fuck around meander and i feel like and i've you know yeah, i could have been watching have pornography you seen- have you seen, have you seen uh, Call My Agent? No. That's great. It's on Netflix. It's French, but don't let that put you off. I know it's I, reading it and will. no one wants to read. It will. I know. Of course. I can, I can hear your will? eyes glazing over. Uh, no, no, because no. I'd be exactly the same. If I was listening to me saying, oh, you should try Call My Agent. No, it's really good. I'd be like, fuck off. I'm not fucking reading. What am I? A fucking <laughs> reader? Like, fuck that. But um, but it's a, it's a good example of... Um, if you do it right and you set up characters that you just want to spend more time with. And I, the, I have a lot of problem with a lot of film because, but with Call My Agent, you'll, you'll, uh, I, no, you'll love it. No, actually you'll love it. No, really. Yeah. Do. But, um, it's, um, a strap line for the poster. Did you think of one? Um, uh, you don't have to. We this can... fanny is peculiar. I think that's what I, I'd go with one of those, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, old fanny, new world or something, maybe. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a fan of, uh, by the way, I just, I hate myself for this because I, I don't find the word, I actually hate the word fanny uh, and all of its kind of connotations. Oh, okay. But this is what I ended up with. I just don't want you to think that I think that this is, this is the epitome of, of brilliance rapier like wit this this is this is terrible i don't know it's only because of fanny craddock okay it's just the fanny Craddock. Well, we can just remove the whole f- i don't think anyone listening you to this me included thought for a second that you were that you were resting all of this on on the impact that the innuendo with fanny would have i don't okay think, good okay good that's I, a relief i just i don't want anyone to think, think that you've I done so much thinking. in the build-up to this jake uh, but okay. I don't think any, I think you should relax knowing that no one thinks that you're just an innuendo whore or anything. That's okay. a relief. That's a huge relief. Um, Thank you. So just, you know, please, please don't think that. And if I've taken you down that road, I am culpable. No, I, no, I, 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 I took myself. I took myself. Well, well, I hold myself. I hold myself more as, you know, this is my, uh, I don't want to call it a show because that's just, that's, you know, Take Me Out is, is a, a show. Saturday Night Live is a show. It's the big show. It's a great uh, show, Steve. Uh, anyway, um, that's it. That was That's your basic pitch, Jake. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, yes, I don't, I don't know how you feel about being on, but I. it's been brilliant. I loved it. It was wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. And, um, you know, let, let me know how the pitch goes because I'm, I'm handing this over to you now. That, this is all you now. You're the, you you're you're the man, honestly. Oh, bless uh, you. That's really lovely of you. Um, okay, I'm gonna go. I'll, I'll watch a few videos and drink some wine. And uh, yeah, I'll see, uh, I won't see you soon, but I will um, speak to you never and have a great life. And yeah. I will always be watching. <laughs> I'm sure our paths will cross again soon. I will Don't always be watching you. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. All right, mate. All right. Okay. Take care. Basic pictures. Podcast to have you in stitches. You've heard of films with some really bad ideas, like Night and Day with Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. So once a week, we'll be chatting with a comedian, getting in the groove and improve the movie medium. 
thing is, most stories have a stupid premise, like the Phantom Menace, or films about tennis. Basic pitches, comedic riches, Basic pitches. A podcast to have you in stitches. Basic pitches.